Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins, and we are sitting here at episode number 26. And uh, welcome. Thank you for wanting to hang out and downloading the episode and all that other good stuff. So let's get some business out of the way. Uh, we are presenting this podcast in conjunction with Property of Zach. Visit propertyofzach.com and you'll be able to find everything. And I mean everything in regards to independent music. Um, I know there's a lot of websites out there and uh, they all have their own little, you know, unique twist on it. Um, I personally really like what uh, Zach does over at his, essentially, blog. He started when he was like 16 years old and then... Uh, more and more people started visiting, and he started to bring contributors on, and, you know, it's grown from there. So, anyways, visit that website. Um, I'm really proud to be partnering up with him, and uh, he spreads the word, and I spread the word about his site, and it's a, a beautiful relationship here. And uh, a few other things that you can do for the show. Go to iTunes, and two minutes out of your time, review the show. Uh you know, you just write two or three sentences about what you enjoyed or why you think the show sucks, whatever. I don't care, uh, as long as you're writing about it. Because um, uh, I think I've mentioned this in previous episodes. I uh, I check every few days just to see if anybody else has written something about it. Because that's just my compulsive nature. i got to check. Um, and the more ratings we get, the more people pay attention to it that might not have ever tripped on this podcast to begin with. So we'd appreciate that. And uh, visit the website, 100wordspodcast.com, and you can join in on the fun discussions that happen there from recommendations on stuff I've watched, listened, consumed, whatever. Um, and eventually I'll start getting into having other people share what they've been watching and listening, whether it's like past guests of the show or whatever the case may be. So that content will start to expand. But yes, and if you're a Tumblr person, then, then you can also follow the blog that way. Um, so yeah, the guest I'll get into in a moment. But I would like to uh, talk about a interesting experience I had recently with uh, jury duty. Now, normally people look at jury duty and say it's the worst thing ever. They have to, you know, rearrange their schedule and blah, blah, blah. Um, I hadn't done jury duty in I mean, it, 10 years? I don't know. I, it's been forever since I have gone in there to the actual courthouse. Previously, I did like a few call-in things. but So I went in there, and first of all, super impressive. The Santa Ana, Santa Ana Courthouse in uh, Southern California here, they have Wi-Fi. Like, I mean, it's just, I don't know, you could like totally hang out there. And of course, it's not the most comfortable place because there's, you know, it's you and about like, 400 other people it feels like um but i just was impressed the fact that they actually had little amenities that made your stay or your your time at that in that room a little bit easier because i remember the last time i showed up it was pretty much like all right bring 400 magazines and you'll be able to finish all of them in the you know eight hour day you have to sit there anyways i actually advanced a little bit in this process and so i got to be put on a jury pool um, which is where you basically go into a courtroom and then they start asking questions. When I say they, I mean the prosecutor and the defense attorney and the judge start asking questions, uh, you know, whether or not you feel like you would be able to properly evaluate the case and be a good juror and all that type of stuff. And I'd never experienced that before. 
And while the first, I don't know, two or three hours of being in there were super tedious because it was the judge basically going on and on about how important this duty is. And, you know, after the first 15 minutes, you're like, yo, I get it. I totally understand civic duty and all. But once you actually got into the, you know, like I said, the defense and prosecution, asking questions to jurors to basically either eliminate them or figure out if they would be beneficial for them to be on the jury. Um, and it was just so interesting to watch, you know, watch people work, watch professionals do their job and, you know, hone their craft and guide conversations in certain directions. Um, obviously people could compare it to why it's compelling to watch, you know, law and order and all those courtroom dramas and read John Grisham books and all that stuff. Um, but when you actually see it sort of, you know, face to face, so to speak, uh, you definitely get drawn into it. It was like, you know, by the end of the day, I hadn't been called to get into the jury box, but by the end of the day, you're you're pretty invested in this case. Like, I mean, they don't re- reveal too many details about it, but they give you kind of the general gist of it. Um, and listening to other people kind of have to share like really personal stories, like, oh yeah, I was arrested because for assault and whatever. And I'm talking about the jurors that are saying this. Um, so it's like, you know, you don't even know these people's names and they're revealing really intimate details about themselves. <laughs> it's you know, on some weird planet. It's, uh, that that's obviously normal within the context of this, uh, discussion, but yeah. So it's just, it was a strange, you know, feeling hearing these people bear their soul about their past indiscretions. But, um, yeah. So then, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't get called and, uh, you were dismissed and it was weird because you felt like this little separation where it was like, I, I kind of wanted to be in the jury. Um, and you, another interesting thing is, like I said, m- the common conception of jury duty is that like, it, no one wants to do it. No one is like getting called in and it's like, oh my God, I can't wait. Like, this is awesome. Cause you know, it takes up a lot of time if you do get on a jury, like this case was going to be 14 days or something. So you have all these people that are complaining, like in the common spaces where we're just kind of hanging out and waiting for stuff to happen. Um, but then if those people who, you know, 20 minutes ago were complaining about having to go through this, once they're put in the jury box and questions start to get asked of them, um, it immediately flips where these people, uh, and I, I think it happens for a lot of people where, you know, they feel like they're being attacked, um, even though it isn't malicious, uh, you know, their character is put in question, whether or not they feel like they would be biased towards one side, whether it's the defense or the prosecution. And it's just really interesting to see people kind of, you know, take a step backwards and be like, hey, no, like, I can totally be fair, just because I have like, you know, my husband's a cop, my brother's a cop. And no, I can totally, um, you know, look at the facts of the case and be able to judge fairly in, you know, for one side or the other based on the evidence that's presented. So it was just really interesting to see people kind of back off on that. So moral of the story, uh, you never know how you're going to react in certain situations. And uh, especially when your own personal either background or character is put in question, people immediately, you know, try to take the highest road they possibly can. And so, like I said, it was really interesting. And uh, if you get called in for jury duty, don't be too bummed because it could end up being a very interesting experience. And um, 
yeah. So don't, don't close yourself off to that opportunity. Just kind of embrace it and be like, all right, well, I got to put my time in and, uh, who knows, you might get some really crazy case and, you know, be sequestered. And, you know, you, I, I look at like the OJ Simpson jurors. And for those of you that have, weren't alive then, um, just Google OJ Simpson because you'll probably find out, but those people that were in these high profile cases and you had to stay in hotels for months at a time. And, you know, it just kind of starts to get your head rolling of where, Oh my gosh, like, I can't believe these people experienced this, but anyways, jury duty. I went on way too long. I apologize. Let's get into our guest, which is Cameron Argon, commonly known as Big Chocolate in the sort of electronic dance music dubstep, whatever you'd like to call it. That is his artist's moniker. Uh, and he also does vocals for a project called Disfiguring the Goddess, which is a death metal, I guess that's the easiest way to describe it, a death metal band. Um, and then for some of you, you are going to look at a person like Big Chocolate and have, uh, you know, maybe negative connotations attached to uh, not so much him, but maybe electronic dance music in general. Um, but throw those preconceived notions aside. Listen to this conversation because uh, Cameron is a great dude and he is just putting himself out there. And this is the way that he feels like he wants to express himself. Um, and I mean, you know, you don't commonly see people who are within the sort of electronic dance music scene also being really comfortable with, you know, singing in a death metal band. Like, I, I think that's, he's very unique in that sense of the term. And one other little programming note is the fact that uh, during the conversation, you'll hear the audio quality change. We went from Skype to a phone conversation. So uh, once you hear that change about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes in the conversation, you'll understand why that happened. So, um, yeah, here you go. We covered a lot of ground. So, uh, hope you enjoy. Thanks. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting that you, uh, you like talking on the phone. Cause I feel that, I don't know, maybe it's just cause I'm getting older. Like, cause how old are you? 22. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, we're, I mean, I'm 31, so there's definitely a little, little generational difference, but still the same. Yeah, like, just, a, just a tad. Not yeah, really. Yeah. Not, not a ton, but I, I find, my, my, the only, I think the only cultural difference is what cartoons we watched when we were like 10. That's probably true. Yeah. I was, I was watching. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I get more, I get less interested in phone conversations and more, um, like it's obviously it's just easier to text people, but, um, yeah. that's cool that you like actually enjoy talking on the phone. I love it. I hate texting. Uh, I actually have like, like 40 unread text messages in my phone. Yeah. But, like I've read them when they like the display on the phone. I just don't reply because they're like usually mundane messages or just like a message. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I don't know. Someone be like, "Why do you have like forty texts?" Just, I'm just like, I don't go through them. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not it, like I'm really popular. Those are just built up from the last like two months. <laughs> no, it's funny because usually the rap of you know whatever younger people uh, is that you know they hate talking on the phone and they would rather you know they'd rather text or email or whatever Facebook message and stuff like that. So you're you're bucking the trend, dude. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. I like being personal, and I I feel like. Texting only gives you so much, I guess, personality when you're yeah. like, it's, it's, it's easy to be mistaken. I don't know. I, it's, it's weird because I spend like 10 hours a day on my computer. Mm -hmm. 
like writing emails and stuff. I, 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 emails is fine, but like texting, I'm very bad at. Um, and Facebook messages, I am probably the worst at. Oh yeah, that's, it, that, that's it's just kind impossible. of screwy now because that's been such a, like a, a normal thing. Like people use Facebook as their like aim client now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like people will like hit me up for something or reply, and then I'll see them in person. Like, hey, what's going on? Like, nothing. Uh, are we cool? You keep ignoring me. I'm like, you talk. Yeah. That's funny. You're like, yes, we're still cool. Just because I didn't respond to your message that I just, I don't, you know. As long as people know that you don't check that, then no one can get their feelings hurt. Yeah, it, it should be intended by like, look, Cameron Argon last updated his profile six months ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of Facebook, I'm totally over the Facebook stuff. Like, I, I, it, it's it's going to die, in my in my opinion. It's going to die soon. Yeah. You, you think uh, you think kids are going to move on to the next whatever Instagram social network whatever? Yeah, well, it's it's kind of taking the same trends MySpace did, and it's in its closing days. Like it's it's changing so much. It, it went public, you know what I mean? The stocks are going down. Yeah. The guys probably made it are all going to pull out, and then like it's they're going to develop it to some really weird thing, and then no one's going to be into it. And hopefully, I hope that everyone gets into Google Plus because the interface on that site is so awesome. Yeah, it's. It, I love the fact that you are a nerd and you obviously pay attention to technology because I saw some of the emails that you were sending me. You sent from Sparrow, which is an awesome email client, and I just get. Oh, it's my favorite. Sparrow is awesome because like the mail client for Mac is pretty good for for so long, but like it downloads the actual emails to your computer. And then it will start lagging and stuff. And if you haven't turned on that computer in like a few days, it like you have this bulk of emails that takes like twenty minutes to to like load in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Sparrow is just it's quick, it's easy, it's simple. Yeah. I have it on everything. I have it on all my computers and my phone. Yeah, no, I just I, I like that. Cause I do find that I don't know, people just seem to they either fall into the nerd technology you know, realm or they don't give a shit about it. Like there's no gray area. Like, you know, there's not, I mean, there's some people that kind of dabble in or like, Oh yeah. Like I like my computer or whatever. But then there's people like, obviously like you and I, who are just like, Oh dude, diving into the latest, you know, greatest, whatever piece of technology it is just because it's fun to play around with that. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, technology is becoming more and more and more part of what everyone is basing their lives around. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, yeah, it's like something you can geek out on, it, but it's also somewhat relatively very important to like where we're going and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of those things where I wake up, I drink coffee, and I I had this app on my iPad called Flipboard, where it like it, it's kind of like a. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's a great it's a great app. It basically, bots a bunch of blogs and like the RSS. I can't remember what that is, but it's. It, it bots all those and it puts them in like one easy to read thing, and it kind of does its own things. Like there's a gaming one where it kind of like it, it like looks at like Machinima, it looks like IGN, it looks at GameStop, and it takes all the video game news and it puts it into one like really easy to skim across the headlines format. Yeah. And um, yeah, I pretty much wake up every day and look at the video games and tech, yeah. and sometimes the music one. But the music one's usually pretty. I don't know. It's kind of boring actually. Yeah. Well, because it's not. It's not exactly completely relevant to what it is that you're kind of doing and looking at or care about the most. Yeah. It's like Lil Wayne has a new rock video. It's like, <laughs> nice. Or like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's just, it's just pretty much documenting on what someone so did. And that just bores me. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, 
So I, kind of, I, I wanted to start things off with um, you, the, you know, kind of just like where you were born and sort of like, you know, your, your, your upbringing and all that type of stuff. Because I know that uh, you just, I mean, when I first met you, um, you know, outside Chain Reaction and just, you know, whatever, shot the shit with you for a little bit. Um, it, it was it was nice because obviously you were just, uh, you know, you're just a real dude. And it's like sometimes when you run across people at shows, sometimes they may have like some air of pretension about them where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm really cool or I don't know. So, you know, whatever, some posturing or posing. I don't know. It's just, you yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that, that kind of shit bugs me too. It's yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just it's like, yeah, I just, I, I, up I totally, sometimes. no, totally. And so I, whatever, I just, I, I got a very, uh, you know, a good impression from you. It's like, you know, this, this dude seems on the level. And then obviously like once, um, you know, our mutual friends, you know, like Steve Joe, who obviously, you know, you are very close friends with and, um, you know, we just all traveled the same circles and obviously the, uh, you know, everyone spoke so highly of you and I was like, yeah, this like, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely on the level. And so, yeah, I just, I I obviously want to take this opportunity to just kind of, you know, get to know you a little bit more. So, uh, yeah. Where, where were you born and raised? Well, first, thank you for the kind words. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I was born in Laguna Hills, but we lived in Huntington Beach. It's just that's where the hospital was where I was born. Okay. Uh, and then my family lived in Huntington Beach until where I was about uh, 13. Uh, I have two younger sisters who went to elementary school and middle school in Huntington Beach. All my family lives in Huntington Beach. Most of it, actually. Um, I don't know. Pretty Pretty basic life down there what is, what is uh, Irish your, uh, Catholic family okay um, what did your parents do for a living uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom my dad when we were living in Huntington Beach was a, a pretty big uh, business CEO kind of guy oh okay which was cool my, my dad was raised from like a very poor family and he's like he's I don't know learned a lot he's very focused he's a like, huge inspiration to like kind of how I try and base decisions and whatnot off of but um yeah, he ran a business that he started in. He's like computer science guy. Like he worked at IBM and Microsoft and oh nice whatnot. And then he left to start his own company. But it was cool. Like the way I was raised. Like I had no idea my dad was like CEO of this big company because like we we like leased like a, sh- a shitty minivan. Like that was our car. Right. And it was like I don't know. It was it was kind of weird. But that's the way my dad he tried to keep us very based. Right. So he was yeah he wasn't trying to be. Yeah, but now it's very important to me yeah so he obviously wasn't trying to um you know i mean because he was a smart individual and he hustled like obviously you know money was okay but he didn't want to go around being like oh you know this be flashy about it yeah that's not (laughs) it's it's funny we use the word flashy because that's like the exact opposite of what my dad is that's awesome basically like i don't know running Running a fairly large company is very stressful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, my dad just didn't like the lifestyle anymore. He like wanted a more kind of touch. Like, like when I was growing up, I didn't really see him a whole lot because he worked pretty much twenty four seven. Especially because I don't know. But um, we kind of had like a, he wanted like a lifestyle change. We moved out to rural Nevada, which is the northern part. Mm-hmm. Um, like Nevada has pretty much two parts where people live. There's uh, the Vegas area, and then there's the whole Reno-Tahoe area. And they're like nine hours apart driving of like these single road highways, single lane highways on like the only place, like the only stops is like these creepy ghost towns. So it's like 
what do you like? What do you do out here? Yeah. Anyway, so it's so like completely different states. It's like it's kind of like Southern California and very Northern California. If there is nothing in between, yeah. You know what I mean, they they develop totally differently. Obviously, no. It's um, it's funny because I was I was actually born in Vegas, and so I lived there up until I was about eight, and um, I never I never even went to like Reno or Carson City until i started touring with my bands and it was one of those things where it's like dude i fucking lived in vegas but it's just like yeah like try to get yeah try to get totally different yeah try to get to reno in a convenient way it's like forget about it you have to drive these like you said these completely snake-like routes and it's just people don't understand that (laughs) yeah like you say you're from nevada like oh vegas or like oh i'm going to vegas this month or something yeah and uh it's just Man, my mom won't stop calling me. It's okay. She does this all the time. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like there's in Northern Nevada, there's pretty much Reno, which is like a, I think the population of Reno is the population of Huntington Beach. It's mm-hmm. like, like 500,000 or something. I'm not sure. That sounds a little high for Reno, but um, it's, Reno's kind of a dump. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's like you, you would say no offense, but like everybody who lives there know it is. And oh. It's kind of this weird thing when you're in Reno where it's like everyone there knows it's shot, but yeah. they're okay with it. So it's like becomes like this weird place where just like being shot and kind of doing things that are like kind of lame are okay. And I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. No, that's... Like, I can always tell when I meet someone that's from Reno. It's like, oh, like, like when you say where you're from, I'm from Reno. It's like, oh, it's like everything clicks instantly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's ama- um, that's amazing because yeah, I think anybody that does go to Reno, I mean, I, it's like I said, I only went there because I, you know, played shows there, and it was uh, it never gave me a good impression. It was totally just it, like it's really weird there. It takes a while to kind of understand why it doesn't give you a good impression. But as soon as you do, it, it's like kind of this weird, good, but it's so bad here impression. It's, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't really like tr- the city that much. Y- but yeah. I, I have a lot of friends who live there. My sister goes to school there. So I, I'm up there. I don't know. I, I go there not quite a bit, but I, I've experienced it enough to where I understand the place. It's uh, Yeah. So it's no, kind of, no. it has its, I think the best way to describe it, uh, it has its own charm, but just visiting there yeah. yeah just visiting there once or twice you won't see it no and it's 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 like thing the weird things that arena make it what it is like staying at the hotels there like the, the casino hotels is like 25 dollar rooms that's just like how it is there it's really strange right but <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not like you're staying and staying in like this like less than the motel six kind of like weird paper hour place you're staying in like a casino and the room's nice but it's 25 dollars Right, it's a weird city. Yeah, no, for um, sure. Yeah, my school, my sister goes to school up there now. Um, and when I was living in Nevada and traveling a lot with, uh, with DJing on weekends and whatnot, I had to f- drive an hour to Reno and fly out and drive. So that's the only time I pretty much only went to Reno was to use the airport, um, <laughs> which is a small T-terminal airport that is terrible to fly in and out of, like because the flights there are so rare and like they're always more expensive and you always have one more stop <laughs> right i don't know did not, did not like doing the whole dj thing in, in reno because flying was such a pain yeah um yeah where, where i lived was about an hour south of reno in a really small town called uh minden part of this county called douglas county is it, it's a small rural nevada area it's like uh one high school for the whole county 
and the high school is only three grades, not four. Oh, so it's like sophomore, yeah. junior, senior? Yeah. Yeah, the, the elementary schools have a sixth grade, and then the middle schools go uh, have go up to ninth grade from seventh to ninth. It's really weird. Yeah. Especially because I moved up there when I was, like, going into seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So it was like I was at the bottom of the food chain in Huntington Beach, and then, like, I went to eighth, seventh grade and then moved to uh, Nevada and was at the bottom of the food chain again right. where everyone's, like, figuring out how to use a locker still i'm like geez <laughs> right right so did you uh, did, did you did you like your experience like in southern california like you know do you uh you know because i oh yeah yeah after high school i moved back there to live with my aunt now, that's actually when i met you and i was living down there i was going to school to be a cop <laughs> oh shit i didn't and, know um, that <laughs> yeah i wasn't doing the whole music thing until probably about a year after living there when it i i i my electronic music got quite a bit of buzz and I got a warp tour offer and I just decided to try music out for a while and I've been doing that ever since. But yeah, I was, I was going to school for criminal justice and I wanted to be in the police force. Interesting. So you enjoyed Southern California and then like you said when you moved up when you moved up there, were were you like kinda pissed at your parents for wanting to take you to this place that, you know, obviously was in the middle of nowhere or was it kind of just like, well whatever, like maybe I'll get to hang well, out with my we, dad more. We had a place uh it was like, we knew the place because my grandpa lived up there, my grandparents, and we had like some family up there, but it wasn't like a huge, it wasn't as many as we have in Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. So we, we go up there like probably twice a year for like to visit and whatnot. But like when we moved up there, it was like a totally different ballpark. Like it was really weird. It took me about like two or three years to kind of adjust. And like, it wasn't really until my senior year of high school where I kind of like understood why it's cool to live there. Now, now I love the place. It's really cool. I, I go there, visit my parents few times a year and i just like it's so nice just to decompress like mm-hmm. there's nothing out there there's no distractions like even when you want to do something there's nothing to do like there's like <laughs> one movie theater in carson city if you want to eat you have to go to casinos because everything else closes at like eight o'clock like i don't know it, it, it's 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 nice to decompress there's no one out trying to drag you out to go do stuff because there's nothing to do right right yeah it's it's like a self-imposed um yeah, isolation where you're just like, okay, like I can kind of refocus and, like you said, decompress after you know whatever crazy stuff you've been doing. Yeah, it's like a really nice place, and it's like two hours away from San Francisco, four hours away from, from the Bay, and there's like a lot of people from the Bay and whatnot that live in the area because it, it's just like the, the like the way of life there is just greater than most places. It's like four seasons, like nicer schools, like. The, Everyone there is pretty normal, which is surprising because usually you get to the smaller towns and everyone's kind of a little off. But there it was like a very well-balanced area. Like you, you have like all like the like the rancher kids and cowboy kids, but they're like everyone there is just super normal because you're close enough to still be connected to everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's so, interesting. I don't know. Like so, now, I, now I'm glad I like had that part of my life because I thought it probably helped shape who I am today as far as just being like pretty based you know what i mean yeah yeah you you have you have something that you can reflect on and be like this you know uh, i wasn't raised in this like you know high octane lifestyle 24 7 it's like yeah yeah you could kind of you know remove yourself and be okay with that removal yeah like it's part of the reason i'm I'm doing music because there was it was literally nothing to do so i would just make music all the time that was like what there was nothing to do like there's like not 
like when I say there's nothing to do, it's like don't play football or you don't skateboard. There's like nothing to do. Right. <laughs> so as you as you uh, as you were kind of going through high school, like you know, like you said, you you started back at the bottom of the food chain. Like where, uh, you know, did you kind of care about high school or were you pretty much just over it from the beginning? And you know, what? what, what... Oh man, I, I I didn't really like high school. I like I was very social, but I never like I was only social when I was at school. Mm-hmm. Like I would go home for lunch every day. And I would, and I was always late to my last class because I just would get lost on my home eating food or like right. music or whatever. And then like I'm sure, sure like all my last period teachers thought I was like on drugs or something, but I was just at home because I didn't want to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Because um, always those kids that rolled in like after lunch that you're like, uh, yeah. you're smoking cigarettes at the library or like something stupid. Um, yeah, I, I I was very very social. I was very like friendly and whatever. I actually won homecoming king my you, senior year. Dude, it, you saying that honestly, it doesn't surprise me because you seem like the type of guy where it's like you're not like the the class clown per se, but you're you know you're social enough to kind of get along with anybody. Where no one's gonna be I, like. I was pretty clowny in school though. Okay. Like I, I just would goof off constantly. Sure, sure. Um, like I, I stopped taking notes because I couldn't read my own handwriting. It's so bad, and it was. <laughs> I, I don't know. I made it work though. I, I got pretty decent grades and um, whatever. But uh, yeah, I won homecoming king and I didn't go to the dance. <laughs> That's amazing. Were, it was, were they? My, my were they mom pissed? made me took leadership the last year, which I was pretty glad. My mom made me do that. Like she like there was like a, you get like an invited to take it. Like you can qualify. Like someone recommends you or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you get an invite to the class, and then you have to like fill out like an application, kind of explaining why. And my mom filled it out. Cause she wanted me to do it, and plus, I probably would never fill it out, and I might I couldn't read my handwriting, so it, it it wouldn't work at all. So my mom really wanted me to do that because she wanted me to get more involved. So she she filled it out and submitted it without telling me, and I got the class, and I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> like, like, that it, it kind of made me force me to like be more involved with the community and like kids I was growing up with and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, after I graduated, I haven't talked to, like, I've probably talked to, like, maybe, like, five kids since I graduated. Like, I was just, like, over it. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, graduations, everyone's, like, crying and, like, hugging each other. I'm, like, goodbye. See you later. Yeah, like, not, not in, like, a jerk kind of, like, badass way. Just in, like, a, like, all right, this is over. Like, I'm going to go do something else. Like, totally sincere. Not yeah at all. Like, uh, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I was kind of glad I did that. So, it's funny because I helped quote-unquote plan the homecoming dance not really but i i, I was a part of like the, the right and, the then, you did, and then you didn't go do. yeah i was supposed to go regardless and then i was nominated for homecoming king <laughs> and you get crowned at the the game during halftime i won and then literally just walked home <laughs> that's and incredible it was like getting ready to go to the dance and i was like on the couch playing like silent hill or something and then everyone was like, aren't you going to go? You won Homecoming King. You should go. And I was like, I don't want to go. I just don't want to feel like going. Oh, that's, a, that's <laughs> and amazing. Then, and then on Monday, I got queued out by the whole class for not even going. And like, you even won. I know. It's so it's so funny because that that's people have such like they wrap up so much to that. Like, because I mean, I won. I, I was a. Uh, prince so i didn't win king of like a winter formal and i was totally i was i was of the same opinion as you where it was like whatever like you know i this i don't really care like thanks but i don't care and uh 
I ended up getting like guilted in going to the dance. And it was one of those things where it was like, you're like, oh yeah, no, you just, if you win, you have to go. And it's like, I, I, th- I think it's amazing that you're like, yeah, fuck that. And then everyone gets pissed at you for it. <laughs> yeah. My mom, like, um, also one of the things living in a small town is you start to know everybody after a while. Mm-hmm. Like even now when I go back, like I'll go get like a cup of coffee and like the person making my coffee, I like went to school with, and it was just kind of like that weird, awkward thing. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like not a whole lot to do there after you graduate, like there's a community college and stuff. And, um, but like after a certain point, it's like, why are you still here? So when you see someone there that, you know, it's kind of like you guys both look at each other and be like, man, we're like, why are we still here? Type of thing. Mm-hmm. Even when you're just visiting, I still get that vibe. But like, um, my mom went to get coffee and there was a girl working at the coffee shop that was in my leadership class. And she was like asking my mom why I wasn't there. My mom had to lie and say I was sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because my mom felt embarrassed. You know what I mean? Yeah, she yeah. Felt embarrassed and said, my son didn't want to go, so he just didn't go. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so as you were, when did kind of independent music sort of come into your life? Like, you know, did did it come during high school? Did you start to get into music, or was it always kind of you know like just there? Well, you know, like it happened very early. Like I I started playing. Basically, I I had a guitar and I could like play guitar, but it wasn't like super into it like i love music and i love like learning songs and whatnot but i wasn't like sitting at home shredding scales you know what i mean i was just like this is kind of cool learn an instrument whatever then i was skateboarding i was going to that phase and i played i a friend and i signed up for football and they said you couldn't skateboard because if you fall you can't play so i was like okay whatever i suck at that anyway it's like i just would i, I couldn't even like go up a curve it was embarrassing I started getting in more into music as far as playing guitar and whatnot. And then I started writing songs and I, uh, joined like a punk band when I was like 14, 15. And, uh, we played like, like a battle of bands and like a coffee house and like, like that. But like, after that, I started writing, cause it was a punk band, but I like metal. I was really into like, Jimmy War Gear and like, Pantera and Lamb of God and whatnot. So I was writing like metal and I want to start a metal band. It's really hard to start a band when there's like no one around, no one in your town. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but right. I found some people who play guitar or whatever. We formed a band and we started playing. And there was like an older kid who had a Macintosh and an M box and he was making songs and he could like, he was offering like recording services for like $10 a song or something. We went in there and we made a song and it was cool. But after that, I was like, I really want to do this on my own. So I got a job at Arby's when I was like 15, a summer job, and saved up enough money. It was it was kind of strange because like, I think there's like laws, like you can't work X amount of hours if you're 15. Mm-hmm. And I was like 15 working like seven, six days a week from like five to 11. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were grinding um, you, dude. Yeah, but it was fine. It was Arby's. Like, you sit there and, like, take people's orders. It was, right. I don't know. Was, You're like, it wasn't that it was hard. Put food in the bag. Right. Yeah, it was like, I had a few friends that worked there, so we just kind of screw up, drink milkshakes, and put roast beef sandwiches in bags and give it to people. But um, I saved enough money to buy a computer and, and an inbox, and then we bought, bought that. And it was cool because, like, I was, like, one of the first people to have a Mac when they were starting to get really, like, right when the Intel computers came out, mm-hmm. they started getting really... Com- popular and everyone started getting them i was like right before that 
So, like, everyone take their MySpace photo booths, pictures in my bedroom, which was kind of funny. Like, everyone had a stupid picture in my room. <laughs> and no one knew how to, like, like when you exited out of Safari, it would still remain open. So I could, like, go back on and, like, go on their MySpace. And I'd always change their names to something stupid or that's incredible yeah because it's like people they didn't they didn't know how to do stuff so it's like you're sitting there being like oh okay well i can mess with them (laughs) that's so fun yeah they're just like uh what am they gonna learn like sometimes the same kid would do it like four times in a week and like you think you would learn just to like quit that or log out or something to prevent (laughs) it because then you everyone make a big deal about it but um yeah i started writing music on that thing because I was recording my band and whatnot, and then I was like, well, now I have all this stuff, and we record all the stuff we were doing, so I'm just going to start writing on this. So I started, like, turning around with, like, heavy metal and, like, weird, like, Moby-ish experimental music and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, recorded myself doing some, some death metal vocals on, the, on my webcam and put them up. But when I put them up, I called myself Big Chocolate, I thought it was funny and like I wasn't really into like being like this big like burly metal dude or like even being like mean or anything you know what I mean so I I didn't want to be taken seriously when I was doing it I didn't want people to be like oh dude like you're so brutal where you can can you tell me about like brutal stuff right like I I didn't want to like talk about cannibal corpse lyrics people you know what I mean Um, so I call myself Big Shots to be not taken seriously and it, it, it went like semi-viral in the whole underground death metal community which is a very small community so vi- going viral in the death metal community is like <laughs> yeah. 200,000 hits like mm-hmm. that, that's like astonishing right <laughs> um, and so people yeah people, I, I kind of got known for right. doing the vocals but I, I made all the music and I would put like an EP on iTunes and whatnot um, through like the website TuneCore which is like a, a really easy way just to distribute your music. You pay them like a like a, a yearly fee of like twenty bucks, and you can put your stuff on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And um, and this yeah, is so pretty the, much high school. I worked at, at yeah. a video mom and pop shop, watched videos, and then made music. So when you, and I didn't really think anything of it. Right, right. And when you were when you posted that, that was that kind of under the sort of disfiguring. The, I mean, I I know you called yourself Big Talk at the beginning, but was that kind of the transition into sort of that disfiguring yeah, it, the goddess it, it, stuff? It was like the band I was in was disfiguring the goddess, and like okay. that was kind of the part where like everyone started getting older. We started like it, it became like I was the only person in, in the band at, at one at one point and whatnot. I was like trying to like develop it and get people in, but now I'm at the point where it's just me. Probably the last two years it's been just me. Um, But uh, yeah. And so that was what I was, and then that kind of got, I don't know, some popularity and and whatnot, which was was weird because I just thought it was so silly. Right. Well, no, and that it's funny because, like, looking, you know, once I got to know you, and then obviously once I, you know, through mutual friends, kind of knowing your backstory and you know w- what you were doing, I always found it so interesting to where, um, you know, here's here's you, like like you said, you were just dicking around. It was just like you like creating this music because, like you said, there was nothing to do, and it was there was you you wanted to be creative, and this was your avenue to be creative, and then once people started to, you know, become aware of it. And I found it so funny too. Like once I started to, you know, look at those videos and see there was people, you incited such, um, interesting conversations where people were either like, 
you know, well, fuck this guy. These are fake vocals. And like just this weird discussion started to happen around your videos. And it was like, that's what made it so entertaining for me, who was just like, you know, just a dude watching it who, you know, had met you like six months prior to be like, what? What the hell is happening here? Like, did, did were so many people interacting with you and like, oh, is that really you? Like, I don't I don't know if I believe yeah. that. It was, it was so, so goofy. It's like people were like having these huge arguments over like how to do this or like I'm not this or I'm not that. And it's like at the end of the day, you're talking about like death metal and <laughs> nothing you say really matters. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That, that was the way I thought about it. And it was just like, I, it was so dumb. Yeah. It, it, it is so stupid. Right. It's still right. so dumb. And like sometimes I still get like asked about like those videos, like, how do you do this? Or like, oh my God, this. And I'm just like, you realize that video is like six years old. <laughs> right. You're like, and this, this isn't, so what, like, I'm, this isn't it, what I'm doing currently. I'm not looking to audition for your, you know, 16-year-old death metal band from Columbus, Ohio. Yes, totally. I'm sure. Kid, like, I'm sure. Like kids even were... now, like I, I still do. De- I still do death metal. Like the figuring the guys is still a project. Like I, I put out an album last April. Right. I'll probably start writing a new another album next month and then put it out in the fall or winter. And like I still do it. I still like metal and whatnot. And like I, I constantly get these emails, messages, and comments like, "God, this dude was so cool, and now he's so nuts. He's not doing it anymore. Like what a douche." And like. <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about? Like at the about? end of the day, like nothing really matters because, like again, I'm, it's it's, I make death metal or electronic yeah. music. Like I, it's anything people say on comments sections or messages I get is totally irrelevant to what's going on. Right <laughs> to to your life um, to your life and how you live it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't know if people realize that or or not, but um. Yeah, it's it, it sometimes it's really stupid because like I use the same YouTube account for all the music stuff, right? And like when the last disfiguring record came out, I, I I tried to get all the press to be about like it's a project, it's only me, it's just this, yada 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 yada. And I posted it like everywhere, like I posted it on all my outlets and whatnot, and on that the same YouTube channel. Then like two months later, I upload a track for like my new album that just came out today, and um. That like it's like oh my god like why aren't you doing this anymore you should focus just on this and just like dude were you not around like a month ago like yeah <laughs> well I I, I, I I it's funny because I think your your musical output really strikes me as something that I do find interesting and kind of more um, uh, maybe more symptomatic of like you know whatever you could label kids that are quote unquote kids that are into music now like you know the digital age where it's like obviously albums don't matter as much and you know kids download singles and whatever that whole you know yeah that whole argument so but i do find it interesting because it's like there are so many people i mean kids are listening to more music than ever now just because it's so easily accessible and i think because of that a kid can say that they like a band like you know deicide or cannibal corpse but then they can also like um you know like stevie Oki or tiesto whatever like you know they can yeah. they can have these two polar opposite um, musical tastes, and it, it just seems to be that more kids are embracing that whole idea of like, yeah, I can like all this type of stuff. Yeah, and that that that's like there's 
that's the way music's been going for a while now, like on all aspects, like festival tours, like what tour you, you have literally every act you can think of that a, a young kid would want to see and you have it on the same tour. And like, even like sonically, like, like metal is sounding the best it's ever sounded. And it's because of like technology and computers and software, whatever, whatever. But the same thing goes for electronic music and you're getting the same kind of vibes from both genres, like heavy, like very intense, heavy. And then you have like the same exact sonics on both fronts. So like, there's all these like kind of weird things that should influence kids to like everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's like, like you can there's get the a, same kind of energy. There's also like a lot, like a lot of shared tempos you'll see in yeah. metal and like drum and bass and well, whatever. And, yeah. And you see, and you see, uh, what it, it strikes me now, especially with obviously how, you know, EDM is, is, you know, invading the sort of warp tour culture. And like you said, where it's like, you know, you played warp tour two years ago and it's like the, realistically the same sort of environments that bands that play warp tour can also obviously, you know, artists that play, you know, or that, you know, DJ and are a part of the electronic dance music scene they can get the same reaction out of the crowd, you know, where it's like they can have, yeah. they can have stage dives that like all that stuff still exists. It's maybe just a different soundtrack to it. Yeah. I, I honestly, like I have seen way more crazy crowds for like <sighs> DJs than like the most brutal, heavy metal band. It's like, it's kind of weird. It's kind of backwards. Like yeah. the music's so intense with metal and like you got a bunch of dudes with long hair with their arms crossed. And then like, like probably like ten dudes without with like sweating their heads off, the shirts off in the middle, like kind of pushing each other around, like oh, right. way intense. But then you go like, like you watch some like popular in DJ, and you get like two thousand people and and a, a two thousand people club. All of them from front to back, side to side, are all moving. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. Yeah, it's a, and, I mean it's, it's a huge. I don't know, like yeah. And then I see like like there's a group called Diane Ward that I saw at Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with them. It's like a they're from uh, South Africa, and they they kind of came out like two years ago or so, or so with these viral videos, and it's so funny. It's like a rap group, but it's it's like kind of like like dancey at the same time, but it's just different because they 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 bring so much of like South African culture into the music, and that's what they really push. It's like South Africa, and it, it everything about them just sounds different and unique, and they're kind of like totally doing their own thing. They're totally unique. And it's, it's awesome. And I finally got to see them live at Lollapalooza this year. And I, it, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like it was like a rap show, but it was like a, like the energy of like a DJ set at the same time. And it was like, they're changing it up. It was very interactive and it was just, it was one of the better shows I've seen in my life, probably as far as crowd participation and just overall energy goes. Sure. Sure. Well, no. And I think, I think that experience is totally, um, I think it's indicative of what people want out of live music. You know, it's like they want to have, if if you've been going to shows, you know, for whatever, between three to five years and, you, you know, you've seen band, when I say shows, like obviously more sort of the, you know, hardcore punk, you know, indie, yeah. that type of stuff. It's like, after you've gone to shows for that long, it, it, I don't care who you are, it, you know, it becomes a routine. Like there's no, there's not going to be something insane that you haven't seen. Like, okay, this guy gets up on, you know, crawls up on the, you know, the rafters or whatever, like you've seen it. But then once you do see something that is kind of outside of the box, you're like, 
holy shit. Or if you do see a band that plays within that genre, but just does it with a little different, you know, twist, you're that much more engaged. You're like, oh, this it's a nice breath of fresh air in a way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But so <clears throat> I wanted to hit on your, um, cause I found it really interesting that you, um, were interested in like criminal justice. And was that something that you, you know, kind of, uh, you know, was your interest sparked like in, in high school or kind of, you know, where did that all transpire? Kind of, uh, I have there's like a few cops in my family and I've always been interested in that oh, okay. stuff. Um, I, I love guns. <laughs> nice. Um, well, in Nevada is like a very gun friendly area, especially Northern park. Cause it's like, it's, it's cowboy country. There's no one around. Yeah. You uh, can, you can shoot everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. So I, I learned more about them there and I, I like having a mustache and I just figured put them all together and you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's incredible. You're just like, well, I like guns. I have a mustache. Um, that, I, I think I, I think criminal justice is probably the best route for me to go. Um, that's, I, just, I don't know. I've always been like a very cautious person and whatnot. I always make sure to obey laws or whatever. And I just feel like I just feel like I'd be good at it, and I feel like I'd enjoy it. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It 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 did cool way to being involved with the community. You know what I mean? I'm trying my best to be like one of those the good the good guys, not like screwy jerks that right i've had a bad day it out on the on the people <laughs> yeah no and that's i i think that's really cool that you obviously have a uh you know you you've used that word community more than once during our conversation i think that's cool that um you know you you believe in something greater than yourself because i think a lot of the um accusations that you know whatever our parents or you know grandparents or whoever the sort of typical response for those young kids is like you know they're reckless they don't care like you know they only care about you know whatever stupid superficial stuff and like you know the fact that you are you see a profession like you know becoming a cop and like oh i can actually help the community like you know that's that's pretty cool that that obviously like all computes in your head yeah i just think it'd be a good i just think it'd be a great job for me i think i would enjoy it yeah, like yeah. yeah, it's dangerous and whatnot, but like I just think I would enjoy it a lot. I I find those things interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that, that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, like like you said, you have the mustache for it. So, um, the uh, and so uh, I find it really interesting. The um, obviously, like you were saying, how you know you have your YouTube channel and the way that you interact with people um, is you know is it's very. Uh, I mean, it's, you're super hands-on, like you do obviously everything yourself, um, you know, and you, you keep, you have so much content that you come out with, whether it's like, you know, the, the daily video blogs that you do and all that type of stuff. Um, is it one of those things where it's like, it's, it's fun for you. So that's obviously why you keep doing it. Or do you feel any sense of, uh, not, not pressure, but you know, kids like, Oh, dude, Cameron, Big Chocolate, or Disfiguring the Godness, like, didn't didn't do an update today. Like, you know, where the fuck is it? Like, you know, what what sort of uh, motivates you to keep that interaction going? Well, I, with that stuff, like, with the whole, the video blog was so, it was weird because I just started doing it for fun. But, uh-huh. like, the, the result was you, you create these relationships with people who watch, and it's, like, it's a true, like, from, like relationships kind of thing between me and people. I don't like call them fans because I feel like like the kids who watch the video blogs are like we have like a kind of relationship the most artist to fan 
bonds go. Right. But it's like, I just created like a sense of realness between like people who enjoy what I do and, and me. Like, yeah. they, like when they meet me, they know how I'm going to be. Like, they, they know, like, I kind of give them an insight into my life and whatnot. They know, like, how I am. It's really easy to meet kids when I go to shows and whatever. That's pretty much why I play shows and whatever. Cause I don't really like traveling so much. So the, the best part I get out of it is, like, doing the whole, like, meeting people. You know what I mean? Like, going and meeting people. Yeah. Not, like, hanging out in the back room and going on and bailing out right afterwards like i just don't like it's not the reason you, you you travel you know what i mean well that's not the reason i travel right i feel like a lot of people who enjoy what i do is probably because i'm i'm very hands-on you know what i mean like, yeah the, the, probably the music as well but i think for some kids a lot of it is just me being there you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's interesting so, uh, the, be, so another be, thing that's really stuck about though it's like if i get really busy and i can't like right now i do it, Care Every Day is the name of the vlog, and it's been hurting kind of like past like four months just because I've been so busy and trying to finish this album, and I really haven't had the most, most entertaining stuff to like go film or talk about. So it's been like it's been really weird and kind of like everything's been kind of been going down, and I, I, I have addressed it, the kids have addressed it or whatever. But it's like as long as you kind of like talk about that and just keep it real, like, hey, I know it's not, it's not as entertaining as it was a year and a half ago when all I would do is like throw water at my mom, but like it's, this is why and kind of stuff. And like, I, I constantly have to like readdress that like it's a video about my life and not like, I'm not going to be the same person forever. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, if I plan on doing camera day, like long term, like 10 years plus going to go through a lot of changes. And it's definitely not going to be the same vlog that they started out as, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a documentary on a person, not like a documentary on like this part of my life. It's it's just it's a whole progression. So I'm exp- I, I like it because you can easily see how your life's changing. Yeah, I just go watch an old video and I think, wow, I've changed a lot. Yeah, you know what I mean? No, it's that's really weird. That's no, that's really, like the yeah. kids that don't like that and like they're welcome to come in and just come out as as often as they please. You know, like probably if I if I do this forever and I get a point where I have like kids or something like I guarantee I'll get like it'll be a totally different vlog than it is today you know yeah. what I mean yeah no so it's, it's the whole progression of the thing yeah no that's interesting it's a window hard to get through kids <laughs> sure sure yeah, yeah it's like kid, kids just view this as like you know simple entertainment but like obviously this yeah. means, this means something a little bit more to you where it's like like you said it's there's two components to it so that's cool um yeah I think the, the vlog as a whole is gonna have waves Obviously, it's going to go ups and downs, ups and downs. There'll be parts where it's probably, like, really popping and, like, lots of views, lots of comments, lots of, like, excitement. And then there'll be times where, like, when I'm writing an album where it's, like, it's literally going to be me sitting in my room all day EQing stuff, which isn't the funnest thing to watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, no. it's, like, it's going to have ups and downs. Just sure. like anything in life. Yeah. So do your um, do your parents understand what it is that you do, and like, are they supportive, or is it one of those things you had to really kind of, you know, walk them through it and be like, all right, you know, I'm not going to pursue this criminal justice, uh, you know, I'm not going to prefer, you know, get a real job and all these other things that you know parents kind of expect of their kids. Um, you know, how did that transition go for you? It went really well. It, it was a transition. Like, it was a long transition. It wasn't like a quick overnight switch. Like, they've known, they've known I've always been passionate about this stuff. And, like, I've always been very, very close to my dad as far as explaining, like, it, legitifying stuff. Not that he thinks everything I do is not legitimate, but, like, 
he's he's always been there like every step of the way like i've gone to him for advice on like what to do this how to structure the business like this because there are any business things and whatnot and he's he's very happy with my success and i know he's proud and brags occasionally and whatnot and um i don't know and same with my mom like they're both very proud of what i do but they kind of know i i would do be doing something like this as well you know what i mean like when i when this stuff started to get a lot more successful and I started to get more known and I started doing it as like a full-time thing. They were like, they weren't like throwing off their shoes. Then again, when it comes to like the music and stuff, they're like, yeah, it sounds good, Cameron. Like it, they, <laughs> they don't really like follow the music very well. Like they, they couldn't like know the songs probably very well. But like <laughs> right. as far as just what I do as like an entertainer, I guess, um, they're, they're very into it and whatever. That's cool. That's cool. Because yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah. A, it's always a difficult spot to be in because i think uh i think especially a lot of you know when you're a creative individual whether it's like you know you're creating you know music or whether you're creating content in general and then you happen to get a job that is creating content but it might not be you know the traditional way that parents are used to it where it's like oh you know are you on a tv show and it's like well no but i'm doing these things on youtube or whatever it's like you know they won't, in their own minds, they won't define that as successful, even though, you know, you may be doing well enough, like you're, you're making a living off of it, you know? And so it's like, yeah. yeah. And like my parents have been, they're, they're, they're very open-minded people when it comes to most things. So it's like, especially with this, they've been like, I don't know, there's been no way where they're like, why are you doing that? Or like, what's this? Or like, why are you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? Like it, they've always been very like, that's, that's awesome. And but they, they're very understanding of like, what is success for me and whatnot. And like, it's weird. Cause like what I want out of life is not necessary to be like this big hotshot music dude. Like I just want like kind of like a normal thing, like where I have family, have, have a few kids and uh, I don't know, like have somewhat of a normal life, you know what I mean? But the American dream, suburbia, that's like what I want in the long run. Yeah. And like uh, whether music takes me there or like getting a job, whatever, like doesn't really matter to me. Like that, that's, I know that's what will make me like the happiest in the end. So like whatever, how I get there is cool with me. Yeah. No, dude. <laughs> like, even like recently, like, um, I, I've had like some really large growth spurts instead of like, a, I've had like a, like it, the whole thing's been very gradual, but as far as just like business wise, I've had some very large growth spurts like along the way and like not, no one telling you how to handle that stuff right away. And then just being like very caught up in like, cause basically when you do stuff, you, you run a small business, mm-hmm. not, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like you like, so you have to like do everything like you would in a normal small business, i.e. taxes and whatnot. So like there's been a few times along the way where I've been like, I don't want to deal with this. This is so screwed up. I just want to get a normal job. Right. Like, do games all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and like I've, I've come close to that a few times just because like it's not about how well I'm doing in music. It's about like what I want to get out of life as a whole and not like these little like in the now moments but yeah it's I, the, my preferred way would be obviously get to music because I, I i love what i do i love making music i love everything about it but in the, in the end i i probably will care more about if i can have a family one day or not you know what i mean yeah no no well, i think it's whatever as cliched as the saying is it's like you know life's not about the destination it's the journey like but you, yeah. you in your own mind, you have, you're like, I would like to get to this point, but 
I don't really care how I get to that point. I just want, you know, I, I, I want to have these experiences that lead me there. Um, and I'm not going to be too concerned about um, how I get there. You know, like, I don't know. It's, that's yeah. sort of, it's, it's an interesting thing because it's like, you, you know, all, all you're doing is like, you're living in the moment, but at the same time you do, you personally have this vision for where you want to end up, which is, you know, that's, uh, it's, I'm sure that's tough at times. And like, like you said, it's made you almost want to give up at times. Cause you're just like, yo, maybe I should just, you know, quit this shit and do something, you know, quote unquote normal or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like there's times where I like, it's not like too much as far as like, wow, I can't handle this, but it's like too much as far as like, do I really want to be putting up with all this and all this crazy stuff with like zero guidance and like a way where it's like, it's pretty difficult or do I want to take like a more easy route to get to just quote unquote happiness. You know what I mean? Probably won't be as awesome as it is if I was cool music dude, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. My, my game plan would be like in like 20 years or 30 years or whatever, I would like to like live wherever I wanted and pretty much just have a home studio and just work on production music all day. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that, that have your own little, have your own little corner of yeah. the world, so to speak. Yeah. We'll work from home type of get up, still be music. And I'd have like a home studio, but like, I wouldn't have to be like slaves to the grind as in like, I wouldn't have to be forced to tour all the time or whatever. Yeah. Like most acts or whatever. And that's like a lot of the reason why I've like staying, stayed unsigned and independent is because like what I'm doing now works for me. Uh-huh. I can manage it by myself and like with, with tools like the internet, uh, it's, it's so easy to do stuff yourself and to not like the pressure to sign or like you have to be signed to be legitimate. Isn't like, it's, it's becoming less of a thing every day right like, and I, I, that's another thing i try and like show to like the kids who watch my blog and like people who also make music and like like you you can do it yourself you know what i mean like all the tools are out like i do everything myself i have like management and an agent but like as far as like putting a record out it's i, I put the record out right you know what i mean yeah no this is the, this is something that you know, you, you have, you have systems to help you, um, you know, achieve what it is you're trying to do, but you know, everything else you obviously have in place to be like, Hey, I'm going to create the music. This is the direction that I want to take this music. And ultimately that's the most important thing. It's the content, not rather than, Oh, like, cool. You get to play this show somewhere. It's like that, you know, you wouldn't be able to get to play that show if you weren't comfortable with the music that you were creating, you know? Yeah. And there's bits of times where like, like, I'll be playing a show and like, like, especially cause the album, my album just came out and I'm really happy cause like for the longest time, all the music that's been under my name, I've, I've been pretty much disgusted with. So like very sad <laughs> about that. But now that I have this album out, it's like kind of some music that I'm, I'm okay being represented by, you know, that yeah. constant artist struggle of like you outdo yourself with every song and then you kind of get like scribble up things and go back to drawing board too much. You know what I mean? Right. Or, like you're never happy with anything. Like very true. Like I'll put an album out and I'll be like, oh, I'm not happy with it anymore. But like this album just came out. Like I'm somewhat happy with like the ideas that are presented in the album. So I'm, I'm okay playing shows and stuff now. Cause like when they look me up, they'll find that album hopefully. And that will represent me way, way better than stuff I did two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're putting your best foot forward. So yeah, and like for the longest time, I was like, I don't want to play shows. They're gonna do, they're gonna like check it out. They're gonna post some old songs I'm not gonna be happy with. And right. It'll be embarrassing, and I just don't want that. Yeah. And 
I don't know. But yeah. like, now I'm somewhat happy. The, the circle of life has balanced itself yet again. That's <laughs> well, I, I am very excited for you and, um, thank you for wanting to hang out with me. I appreciate you obviously taking the time out of your day and, uh, you know, really, you I, you obviously have opened yourself up for me, and I appreciate that, Cameron. <laughs> oh, yeah, anytime. Well, there you have it. Uh, that was my chat with uh, Cameron. And good dude, right? Like, he just, uh, yeah, he wants his own little piece of land in uh, Reno and hanging out with his family. Um, yes, visit propertyofzack.com. Check it out. And, um, yeah, listen to next week. We appreciate it. Thanks.